Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, and that means it is time for The Art of the CEO, the show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. I am your host, Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business, and whether you are a vice president of a personal products firm desperately trying to innovate a more saleable line of items, or perhaps you're the very talented administrator who silently brings all that VP's plans to fruition, either way, we are here to bring you the sage counsel of business masters to help your career and your business. And today's episode is entitled, Key Rules for Emerging Entrepreneurs. Yes, today we are going to come to those rare individuals, the entrepreneurs, who are half-doers, half-dreamers, held together by the duct tape of stress. These are the people that continue to build our nation, our entrepreneurs, and they need all the help they can get. And so helping me put the tools in their hands is the immensely capable, experienced fountain of ideas, Mr. Dan Conley. And right about now, I'm trying to think of a few New Jersey startups that Dan has not personally advised, invested in, or sent packing, and I'm having trouble. Anyway, he has founded and he runs the New Jersey Entrepreneurs Forum, the Entrepreneurs University, NJAngels.net, his own on-call CFO company, uh, and the list goes on. Dan is a very shy, taciturn soul, and I'm sure he'll be able to fill us in on the rest of all his doings later. But before we begin to cram an entire business startup education into one half-hour meal, let me take a few moments to supply you out there with a few utensils for our feast. First, as I always do, allow me to remind each of the individuals hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. That's the most important corporate body in your life. Will this be the day that you begin to engineer your dreams, or will you wait yet one more day until you get everything just perfect? The choice is truly yours. Second, it's time to dip into a little laughter so and take a scriptural recitation from 101 Best Business Quips. So let me pull down the book here. Let's see. Hold on. Oh, okay. This is, this is number uh, 51. 51. Perfect for business dreamers. It is. It was not the state of the ocean that made Columbus succeed, but his planning, his gumption, and the seaworthiness of his boat. As an afterthought, I invite you to forget all about the national and global economic pictures. The whole sea is in a tempest. It's time for you to summon up your courage and set sail for some profitable niche. And those niches, my friends, abound everywhere. And as the third utensil, uh, perhaps we should call this the starter spoon, we will give you the answers to last week's business quotation. Today, before we leave the air, we will broadcast another quotation, and we invite you to email us your name, your version, whom you believe to be the author of that quotation. So simply write down uh, the quotation, and the, as you remember it, and the author's name, and send that to info at bartsbooks.com, I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you're right, we will announce your name on the air. The author of last week's quote, 
That is the individual who said, just because you do not take an interest in politics does not mean politics will not take an interest in you. Those words were spoken in 440 BC, and yes, it was Pericles, ahead of the globe's largest democracy at the time. So now, let us dig into today's feast and call upon the expertise of Mr. Dan Conley. The next time you are at any Garden State business event, with particularly those dealing with entrepreneurs and funding, look for that tornado dressed all in black. He is the epicenter that everyone in the know wants to get to know and be near. He's the man to boost your business. He's Dan Conley. Dan, how are you doing today? Well, Bart, uh, thank you. I'm elated. And, of course, uh, everything's frothy with the IPO window being open on Wall Street now. Way yeah. So I think it's wonderful that we're all boats are rising with the coming tide. Yes, yes. It's something like the spring is dawning in a lot of ways for us. Uh, then I always thought that an entrepreneur is a person with just enough foolishness to attempt the near impossible and just enough savvy to make the darn thing work. But the trouble is that most entrepreneurs are about as good at asking for money as they were at asking for their first date. And that's what makes it so sad. So let me plunge right in um, with a wake-up question to you and for all our listeners. You have two rules that you have put out before both angels and entrepreneurs alike. The first is to do no harm, and the second is not to be harm. What, what the heck do you mean by that? What, what is that, Dan? Well, thank you, uh, Bart. So angels are giving back. They're giving of themselves, and they have capital and, and lots of intelligence in addition to their own Rolodex and know-how to go about uh-huh. giving to entrepreneurs. So right. sometimes the wrong advice or just a just being too polite. Angels might tell the entrepreneur something that they don't actually believe or that isn't necessarily <laughs> expert opinion and send that entrepreneur on a wrong path or indicate, hey, gee, you're a nice person. I want you to, you know, enjoy knowing me, so I'm going to lie to you about how interested I really am about investing. So that entrepreneur then spends an enormous amount of time chasing after a, a, a non-check right here investor. So it's um, yeah, I can see that. I can see you got to you got to get you got to be very straightforward and realize: Am I going to get a check from this guy or not? Yeah. yeah. Right. And the other part is that uh, entrepreneurs uh, get a lot of advice from lots of places, and mm-hmm. so they have to try to be polite to everybody at that same time because they never know where it's going to lead to the money coming in. But yeah, then, yeah. Uh. it's inappropriate when everyone in the room tends to have somehow a superior opinion about what should be said and how it should be said or <laughs> where it should be placed in the sequence of saying things. If the entrepreneur is in control of, of that, it doesn't have a read on his customer, then yeah, yeah. It, I see what you that's mean. back to the wood shop to get more training. Yeah, yeah, and boy, they can use it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I should tell you that, that Dan is a friend of mine, and we go way back to a time when both of us were much younger but not much wiser. And uh, Dan has run, I believe it's at least 22 years young institution, the New Jersey Entrepreneurs University, and this is probably the best training that any new startup should kill to get. So, Dan, without giving us the whole Bible, give us a summary of what an entrepreneur who's lucky enough to fall into the clutches, I mean into the application of Entrepreneurs University, 
what will he experience and what will he get out of it? I have three quick examples, Bart, to give okay. you exactly what's going on in 2014 right now on the bleeding edge of the venture capital industry. So, okay, all right. So one example is that on our next program, Tuesday, the 6th of May, 2014 here, we're again going to be featuring world-class intellectual property experts from, one, in one case, the biggest IP law firm in the world, and uh-huh. in, in a stark contrast, a two-person shop from New York City, a boutique that specializes in life sciences, intellectual property, will present their views of things. And we oh have uh, uh, three companies coming in. Uh, they all have uh, patentable or patented uh, technologies, but they also have an enormous competitive landscape, and they haven't turned revenue or profit yet. So they're looking Whoa. for ways to get the tools, build the plan, strengthen the plan, give everyone roles and responsibilities, fair compensation, and then follow all the many rules that are in the commercial code of how to tr- conduct business and uh, benefit themselves in the process, and sometimes oh eventually God. turn a profit. <laughs> Benefit the shareholders. Gee, boy, you make it sound so simple. And didn't, aren't you the man who once said uh, the first rule that an entrepreneur needs to know is a) there are no rules, and b) and the second rule is that there's a thousand of them, and you better know them all, right? <laughs> yes, or die trying. Uh, in other words, it's very important <laughs> to surround oneself with some of the sponsors that we have at Entrepreneurs University. These folks all tend to have advanced degrees, Ph.D. in chemical engineering, for example, or a uh, mat- advanced material science uh, degree. They also have MBAs, and some are CEO, former CEOs, and uh, many just want to write a check into an area that they appreciate, and they realize mm-hmm. it's big, important, and in some cases local. So we have uh, right. locally a factory with in, now employs 10 uh, shipping medicines all over Europe, and into the oh Wounded Warrior gosh. program at the Pentagon. Wow. Well, Dan, how um, I've, I've got my little startup here, and um, I, I, I really would like to get invited. To, uh, uh, tell me, uh, what am I? Uh, what am I going to be? Um, how, how do I get onto your show? Where get, uh, give us a commercial? How do I sign up to, to get on uh, the, the show? I, I so mean, we the, run all day universe. long deal scrubbing workshops, and if you know one of our sponsors or an angel, they'll tend to refer you in to us. So that's the best, easiest way I to see. get it. But everyone pays the same uh, nonprofit uh, $42 for one of their own two-hour workshops, at which they'll see what we do all day long in the kitchen is we deconstruct and reconstruct an entrepreneurial business plan that has some sort of technology advantage uh, in the ability uh. to do something or in the marketplace to maintain and sustain a profit. So they have to come really well equipped. We don't let just anyone in if they're going to start a new franchise or some sort oh, of personal sure, yeah. services company. It has to be a technology. has to be of some significance. So we get to see some really interesting technologies, and uh, we sign a lot of secrecy agreements to uh, oh, help yeah. out uh-huh. in doing that. And, again, we're nonprofit, so it's uh, affordable, and we serve great food and all that. So entreunit.org. <laughs> give, me, give, me, give us the website. What's the website that I can, can go take a look at things? Yeah, the first letters of Entrepreneurs University are entreunit.org. That's E-N-T-R-E-U-N-I-V.org. 
All righty. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you are starting something, you need to go there. You need to see it. And maybe if you can't get uh, get yourself uh deal scrubbed uh, with then you can at least attend and take a look at uh, and see how it's done uh, then you you also um, have the the famous 12 show me keys for raising early early stage venture capital and I I, I love these things they're they're really clever so I mean I, some of them are are a little straightforward show me the passion show me team depth show me respect for competition so forth uh, but now, what do you mean? You say you uh, show me bottom-up sales projections. What do you mean by that? Well, typically, um, the entrepreneur hasn't sold anything yet, mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. examining their hockey stick revenue promise of many millions. Right. And to because no one's going to be interested if it can't become big and valuable. So right. they are sort of guessing at a percentage of a large area, which they may have some expertise and knowledge, and those might be real numbers, but they're not anywhere right. there. They have to do things from right. the bottom up. In other words, show me the of the ten people that could be buying this product, show me the, the five most likely. And frankly, uh, until you can I show gotcha. me people that are most likely to buy this product, we really don't want to talk to you <laughs> because no one has a need of this. So if you're just an inventor right, yeah. who's invented something, <laughs> they you are, need to find somebody they, who wants to buy it and then figure out a way to make it less expensive or smarter and then, you know, profitable for that person who buys it. You mean my my, my uh, 8-track tape repair kit is just not going to sell, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. sorry to okay. disappoint you, Bart. Oh, jeez. Okay. Well, there's another one down the tubes. Boy. Uh, well, Okay, but now you say one of your show-me's is along that line, customer interest. Now, I've not even got my, my prototype finished yet. So uh, what? how am I going to show customer interest to, to someone who uh, I'm going to say, give me money, give me money. What, what am I going to try to show him? What are some examples? Okay, well, so you could do a mock-up, and, and you could do uh, – they have 3-D printing right now. Some people are mocking up uh, models that – can't be can't work in the real world yet, but they could be made into plastic or out of a science type of a kit. So right. really good animation about the mechanisms of action somewhere deep down in the in the atomic level of some sort of surface chemistry or in the physics of well, we could have the whole huge problem about the Chevy cobalt recall because the spring wasn't long <laughs> enough. And we want people that understand that kind of thing. They want to fix something. They're, they're typically unreasonable people, these entrepreneurial CEOs. They're unreasonable because they believe that everyone else just isn't helping enough. And they want to go out right. and change the world. And that's their unreasonable nature, which is what we need more of. So we, want, we do right. want to inspire people. Sometimes the great passion drive is it needs, needs to be directed behind the right type of technology or the right application of that technology. And we have lots of stories about, you know, things that go off the rails because they try to do too many things or they made too many promises or they they they, yeah. oh, they basically overpromised upside right. even knowing the downsides were coming and so uh-huh. one of the other rules that maybe you haven't shared with me I guess much yet is you know good news travels fast bad news uh-huh. should travel faster between the CEO and his financial backers so that uh-huh. it's reality and they have, they have to live in it, and they have to be swift and secure in the knowledge that, oh, well, at least he was square with me. So the first inkling of trust 
can just ruin the whole thing. And no matter how clever it could be lawyered over, it, it, the trust is supreme. Um, oh, my gosh. Person trust. I, I think that's a very good point. Ladies and gentlemen, That that is a, a quill pen moment. I, I Plus, you'll take out your, your pens and jot that one down that if you don't, you if you you want to deal directly and in total trust with the people with whom you're lending money, and if you don't feel able to deal with them, then run away from them because they're the fit just isn't right. You have one other show me, Dan, and this one I got to tell you, I think it's it's a test that most Fortune 500 companies and Congress itself would fail. You're asking to show me reality in financial projections. Uh, that's um, we haven't seen a lot of financial reality projections, uh, certainly in the news of late. But give me some examples of of the kind of projections that you're talking about here. Well, I'd be very pleased to talk about a company that finally did reach its financial projections, but it had okay. that major hiccup of 2008-2009, and yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. finally did make it to NASDAQ, and it is now a stellar performer in the uh, cancer diagnostics industry. So, right. That, that's the business plan, and we, when we, we invested, we looked at the company during 2004, we looked at it all through 2005, and then we invested. And so... It did make it to NASDAQ. It did become worth 20 times the amount of money that we put in. And we typically oh put in God. a mid-five amount of capital in a company. So, you know, just averaging that out, 50000 uh, 50, becomes a quarter million dollars. Um, huh. it, it's not know, too shabby to begin with. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, and, and, and we'll return to our spring rebirthing of new businesses with Dan Conley and uh, find out but how I to mean, take our own firms forward. It became five times, no? times more during our tenure with it as a private company, uh, yeah. private banker, but then went four times more when we took it to NASDAQ, and it continues to climb Whoa. in value. Yeah. This, so it, it oh. is great that the window is open and billions mm-hmm. and billions of new value, new wealth is being created while it is open. Yeah, so, yeah. Rare time, and we should be all doing a Snoopy dance. Yeah, uh, until you're right, and I think this is a good time. I'm glad to hear somebody, rather than bemoan the financial condition, talk about uh, how uh, what we really do have uh, right now, as you say, is a great window of opportunity, particularly for those who are starting up. We'll uh, return to our feast, and, but for a moment, let's take a brief sorbet, because it is time for me to introduce the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, the creator of Bart's books, Ultimate Business Guides, among other things. And uh, you may visit www.bartsbooks.com, B-A-R-T-S, B-O-O-K-S dot com, and explore the wide wealth of business tools and um if you're finding these shows helpful, uh, why not look at a book that uh, can, can take you a little further forward? Um, and uh, also, it, I don't know if you like today's business quip that you heard earlier in the show, but we have um, a marvelous book called 101 Best Business Quips, for, and we do that each year and put, put the best together. And if you'd like that, or if you'd like just uh, to get such quips delivered by email to your door each week, Visit BartsBooks.com and subscribe for free. After all, you deserve a little laughter now and again. So that and also we desperately want to hear from 
people out there who are authorities who have said to themselves for years, I could write the book on that subject. You think you can? Go to our website and let us know what you've got in store for the business community. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, and those rather bizarre folks in the back room who fall into neither category, we are back to revel in the keys of entrepreneurial success with Dan Conley. Uh, moving on, Dan, from s- specifics before you're uh, making your pitch, there's uh, stepping back from that, Banks do indeed lend to startups. I, I always ask every banker, and they, they say, well, occasionally we do. And venture capital funds offer early-stage funds, as do angels. Um, could you give us a couple of tips on choosing a type of funding source? As when you are the entrepreneurial company and, and you're looking at uh, – you're trying to narrow it down to at least a type of funding. How do I, how do I go about narrowing it down? So the good news, Bart, is that every community college in the country seems to be affiliated with the Small Business Association, and they have people on their campus mm-hmm. who are considered SCORE, or the Service right. Corps of Retired Executives. And there's mm-hmm. connectivity there, and there's lending offices at these banks, so they'll basically hand you in. For an entrepreneur that walks into a financial institution and doesn't know what to ask for or even for whom to ask, is really hurting themselves, and, and they yeah. know that they're going to get is a hell no forever kind of response <laughs> because you're wasting my time. So, right. Yeah, so we get phone calls into our angel group um, that are of the similar. I mean, the bell curve of life happens every day in terms sure, of some sure. awesome companies that knock, knock, knock versus the ones that say, hey, uh, what do you got some money? And so it just it, the, the gamut is wide. So. The, the size of the money, the type of the capital, the way it's structured, and the way it's priced are all moving elements, uh, in, like in the plasma okay. of one's own. And so every every it's a transitional nature, transactional nature, uh, you know, monthly, quarterly, about uh-huh. how this is used. So there's some wonderful examples of CEOs who have come through our shop um, that uh-huh. are out there. What they promise to do, uh, even if it uh, took longer or not quite so profitable yet. But, okay, I see what you're saying, yeah. Well, now, supposing I do, I go ahead and I, I, I do want to deal with, with angels, say, I, I think that they would they would be the, the best for me. Um, what I, I, it's not all my just showing them what I've got. I want to find out about them. Uh Give, me, give us a couple of good questions that if I'm coming to an angel network or an individual, what are some of the things I should be asking him or her? Okay, well, in every case with every angel network that is, you know, active, there's a website right. and there's typically a bio sketch about the individuals or the kinds of companies that they've backed or how they go about their process. So that yeah. stuff is all quite transparent. And there's even an angelcapitalassociation.com out there that was spun out of the Kauffman Institute back in 2003. I was part of the chartering of that organization back then, and it became a for-profit institution in 2007. So they have a tremendous uh, library of best practices and all these different ways of angel investing. So bottom line with angel investing, Bart, these people want to have fun. At the same time, they want to be doing something important and purposeful and likely profitable. They just don't want to play around. But some, there's some kinds of angels that will do, you know, Broadway shows. 
Others will yeah. back a gentleman that they may have a relative in the auto repair or auto dealership business. So ver- yeah. uh, angels come in all shapes and sizes. There's new and uh, important criteria that must be followed before an angel uh, is is truly accredited and therefore is right. um, you know authorized, if you will, sure. to invest their money. And they better be ready to make a statement as if they were going to go to Atlantic City and burn the money anyways because they really have no recourse to recover it. That's why they are accredited investors, and they really need right. to know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've always said that a, that an angel is a shareholder who has graduated to chasing old old scotch and young companies, but uh, which means you can even invest in a distillery if you want. Why not? But... <clears throat> So I thought uh, what we might do now is we have a little bit of fun because, ladies and gentlemen, Dan has among his 12, in addition to his 12 commandments of what you should do, he has the 10 deadly sins for raising early stage capital. And so right now, I'd love to go to one of my favorite sins uh, for people who are pitching or and presented, making a presentation before an angel or a VC overwhelming them with details. You you have seen more than your share of this, right? Absolutely, uh, Bart. And uh, even with the power of the graphics, people tend still tend to send us full full motion animations for us to watch their <laughs> TV for 10 to 20 minutes without talking about money. It's a uh, it's a little bit um, you, you can get what you ask for. You want to see a lot of deal flow? It's out there. We screen in over 500 companies a year through. Uh-huh. Uh, screening to come up with uh, three dozen that we invite in for deal scrubbing and like. So we tell oh, no them, kidding. look, we only want to see non-confidential information. We, we, you need to be able to characterize it as such. We do, need not to be giving away any secrets at any time until it's clear and the parties agree not to further disclose those secrets because it is a very competitive industry out there in all, in all shapes and sizes. So oh, yeah. non-confidential uh, brevity, uh, typically a one or two page uh, summary of, of everything. That's hard to do. And we have a 12 slide uh, deck template which walks uh-huh. the entrepreneur through what we like to call the grandma rule, which is, uh-huh. which is what? So elegantly and simply to your grandmother that she can go down the hallway at her nursing home and explain it to her bridge buddies, you have a mm-hmm. your simplicity rule. All right, boy, that makes sense. Could you apply that to to some of our people in Congress? I, uh, maybe not. I don't know. Just so I, I really want to respect our leaders, um, no matter how dysfunctional the system is. We, you know, we, we are working off a global stage, and we ought to be a lot more competitive. And there's been a lot of good ideas about becoming that way. And I love the new initiatives of charter schools and things that are truly outside the box and the sta- status quo. So what we're seeing, for example, is a whole group of the 12 finest uh, educational uh, technology companies that are going to be featured in Philadelphia next week. I can get to that list. Oh, that's wonderful. And we have the best of the vaccine companies at another event. And we have uh, vaccines and anti-cancer therapeutics. So uh, all these groups are forming themselves into tighter communities and organizing money around them more synergistically. 
That's good I, uh, that's very good, and I'm glad that you brought up that because we do have to run. But I do want to bring up one thing, and ladies and gentlemen, I hope you remember this. Dan is saying that uh, our lawmakers, we we poke a lot of fun at it. Adam, but our lawmakers are trying to do things well. They're working well with business, and groups such as he has just described are forming with uh, the help of various lawmakers or independently, and you need to get to know these groups. So, Dan, I'm going to give you just one uh, – give, give us two, two sentences wrap-up of what you really would like to see entrepreneurs take away and walk, walk away with. What, what should they really be paying attention to right about now at this time because it, we do have a special window? What's your thought? First uh, line, Bart, is there is a best practices way to help entrepreneurs succeed and fund them as angels. And number two, that they are on a long path of passion and persistence, and they must be very patient. And there's a way to go about doing it with the uh, beauty of America allowing entrepreneurs to write money in the form of issuing stock certificates. So their best practices in doing that is essential also, and you don't want to do it without expert guidance. Okay, Dan, thanks very much. We are desperately going to have to have you back again. Thanks so much. And ladies and gentlemen, we're, uh, I just want to round out the show with today's business quotations. And today, that is, let us be happy and live within our means, even if we have to borrow money to do it. And the hint of the author of that was that he was as good at grammar as he was at finances. If you know the author to that, please just send that quote in as best you remember it, and the author's name, with your own name, of course, uh, to Bart's, uh, at info at bartsbooks.com. And finally, as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, Spectators will always have a pretty nice game, but the real thrill belongs to the guy who picks up the ball and tries to run with it. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a privilege. I thank you so much. Good afternoon.